Our scripture can be found in the inside of the bulletin. This is Luke 2, 1 through 7. As we continue the birth narrative, this is Mary and uh, Joseph heading to Bethlehem where Jesus is to be born. Listen to the words of the Lord, Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registra registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The word of the Lord. Well, this is a special day for my wife and I. This is our 23rd or 24th dating anniversary. I asked Lee Ellen out to go to that famous movie, December 7th, It's a Wonderful Life. And, uh, you know, I made it act like it was a friend's thing, you know, but I had my own designs. And by the end of the movie, she was mine. Oh, yes, she was mine. <laughs> like Donna Reed. Um, so uh, we're going to watch the movie tonight, and we invite each one of you to come and be a part of our dating anniversary. Leon asked specifically that I share that. You know, there are a host of great movies coming out this Christmas. December 17th, The Battle of the Five Armies, The Hobbit is coming out. Ooh. Some say that the orcs actually are a manifestation of the Grinch who stole Christmas. So I have yet to see that. Uh, but nonetheless, December 17th. But the one I'm looking forward to is December 25th, uh, Angelina Jolie, the director of the movie Unbroken, which is the story of Louis Zamperini, uh, who was a track star in the 30s, who was, uh, who was shipwrecked and then was also um, uh, put in a uh, Japanese POW camp. And it's a very spiritual movie. I hope they really get into the last part of it because Zamperini becomes a Christian and uh, a, a bold one at that. So I'm excited about seeing that. You know, December 17th is also a famous anniversary that many of you don't know, but I consider as the start of the greatest adventure of all times. And this was the construction of HMS, His Majesty's Service, the Endurance, a boat that was built for an explorer called Ernest Shackleton. I don't know if you've heard of Shackleton. He was a famous polar explorer who did a variety of daring exploits uh, and has been uh, in the annals of uh, National Geographic and everywhere else as one of the greatest explorers ever. Shackleton had a plan to create a journey to cross the continent of Antarctica, the most inhospitable place on the planet Earth. And he would sail aboard the Endurance with his crew on one side, and there would be a boat on the other side, and they would literally have to walk across Antarctica. To gather men, it is said that Shackleton posted the following notice in the paper. Men wanted for hazardous journey. Small wages bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. It is said that 5,000 men showed up to apply for this job. Why would someone apply for a job like this? 
Because they knew about Ernest Shackleton. They knew about his greatness. And what they were saying was, I will follow you. They didn't know what they were signing up for. In fact, if they were to know what they were signing up, they probably wouldn't have signed up for it. But they knew who they were signing up for. They didn't know the path, but they knew the path giver. And for some reason in these people's hearts, there was a sense of longing, a sense of, I don't belong here. My journey, my destiny lies outside of the coastline of this country. You know, Mary and Joseph are very similar to those men, I think. Did they know what they were signing up for? Probably not. They didn't know the path, but they did know the path giver. And they knew who they were signing up for. And so they went on a journey, the journey of all journeys. Because when God visited them, them and gave them this journey, they knew that they no longer belonged there. That they belonged where God was leading them. Christians, you are on the same journey. You probably didn't know what you were signing up for if you were a Christian and came to Christ. I certainly didn't. But I knew who I was signing up to. And I realized, and I hope you realize as a Christian, that life can never be the same. That we're not willing to stay here alone. Because to know the path giver is much more important than knowing the path. We're all called on a journey, whether it's Mary or Joseph or Shackleton or us. And so we're going to look at this journey that Mary and Joseph are called on. It shows us three things about the journey that God is calling us on as well. Number one, when God makes a path, we must take it. God makes the path, but we must choose to take it. Number two, the path always leads into the unknown. It leads into that space that we don't know where it is or what it is or what's going to happen. We just know that God's path leads into the unknown. And finally, this path that God has made always brings us to God. God makes a path, we must walk in it. The path always leads into the unknown and the path always brings us to God. Well, let's take a look at this. Number one, when God makes the path, we must take it. We see here in verse 1, it says that in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Caesar Augustus was the current Caesar and a very, very popular one at that. His name was Octavian, but as he came to power, he was instrumental in, in quelling the barbarian riots and bringing peace to uh, the Roman Empire. And so they changed his name to Augustus, him who is worthy of worship. They called him Savior, indeed even Son of God. He was a great man. And so this king of the world ordered this edict, a command that was to go out that every single person in the Roman Empire would be uh, in this census. It wasn't for military, mind you, it was for the purpose of taxing, to show allegiance to the Roman Empire by doing your part. And so 45 million people were signed up for this census. Now it's very interesting, in pretty much the rest of the Roman world, where you were uh, registered was in the town where you were. But for some reason in Israel, the uh, plan was different. It was, the order was giving out that you had to go to your hometown to be registered. Nowhere else in the Roman Empire, only in Israel. Now of course, Joseph's obligations, he was from the town of Bethlehem. 
And so he had to go. But what was Mary going to do? See, Mary was not required to go. They were taxing men, not taxing women. But Mary went. She went on this journey. Why? I think there are two reasons. The first is I believe that Mary had nowhere else to go. Notice verse 5. She went, he went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Now you ever, never, never put those words together. Betrothed, who was with child. Married with child, yes. Betrothed with child, no. So we see that there's an issue here. Mary is now, if you will, in the possession of Joseph. It was very interesting how you would get married uh, in those times. Okay, uh, the deal would be struck, for lack of a, uh, to, to give it frankly. But she was betrothed. She would stay in the house of her father while the groom would go ahead and prepare a room for her. And at one time, sometime in about a year, the groom would come with his friends and they would literally come into the house and the father, and if there are any sons, would pretend that they weren't looking and they would look away and they would steal the woman and take the woman and she would now belong uh, uh, to him. You know, we still use the same language, right? Father, will you give me away? You know, I've never heard a man say that. A man says, Father, would you give me money? But a woman says, would you give me away? Well, there's a problem. She's already been given away. She's betrothed and with child. Never would a father let his daughter go betrothed with another man. It only happened at the end when she got married. And so Mary went. She had no else, other place to go. But did she have a choice? You always have a choice in the end, right? Sure, there were friends, maybe someone who would take her in. But Mary said, no. This is the path that I am to walk. For Mary knew the scriptures in Micah 5.2, O oh Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. God is in this, Mary realized. That if God could make the king of kings issue an edict and do it in such a way that Joseph had to go to Bethlehem. See, the Savior wasn't to be born in Nazareth. Anybody knew that. Mary knew that it was time for her to go. She didn't quite know how it was going to turn out, but she did know who. She knew this God who the scriptures say makes nations great and destroys them, who enlarges them and disperses them, who deprives the leaders of the earth of their reason and sends them wandering. He knew God's word that says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so Mary counted the cost and she walked in the way, the way that led away from everything she ever knew, her family, her hopes, her dreams. She chose to follow God. And so the old Mary faded and the new Mary came to fruition. Mary couldn't see the end, right? But she could see enough to get on the path. Faith is placing all of your hope on all of his help. And so she did. You know, the truth of the matter is God's will is usually not something he gives, but something he does. I long for the days when God will write in the sky what his will is. But he doesn't do that, does he? 
Maybe just an inkling, a step through his word. But Mary realized that this is true. That when you trust the Lord, when you choose to walk the path, it gets you on the path. When you decide to follow the path of the Lord, guess what? You're on it. You don't know how, but you know who. So Mary chose. Mary could have taken a different perspective, couldn't she? Why is this happening to me? I have all of my life ahead of me. This can't be right. My vision for my life was so different than what I'm seeing now. Where, where are the good things? She could have been crushed. But the truth of the matter is that the discomfort of her life and ours are signs to get on or to stay on the path. God wanted to take Mary somewhere in the same way that God wants to take you and me somewhere. The path that he has for us. Interesting book series. I don't know if you've read it. It's Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. It's a series of 13 children's novels by Lemony Snicket, or at least the pen name of the man, who is Daniel Handler, which follows the uh, turbulent lives of these three children, the Baudelaire children, whose parents die, and they're sent to uh, live and in the custody of Count Olaf, who seeks to steal their inheritance. Aptly played by Jim Carrey, I might add. Well, Olaf is a bad man. And finally, uh, the executor of the state realizes that Olaf should not be watching over them. And so they're set free. But Olaf continues. And as they go about their uh, journey in life, they encounter a series of unfortunate events. They're in a car accident. They're attacked by a deadly giant snake. They're uh, sent to... Paltryville to work in a lumber mill. They're attacked by a hurricane. They're sent to a miserable boarding school. A series of unfortunate events that continue to befall these children. It's easy to go like they might have done from time to time. What is going on with my life? Why am I traveling this path? It seems like things are going so wrong in my life. You know, your circumstances are not a mistake. God is orchestrating the plan in your life. He is sovereign. And so his plan leads. The way may lead away, in Carol's instance, for example, to a new path, a new place. The path may lead you to stay exactly where you are, to stand in the place that God has for you. So how do you view your particular circumstances. I'm in a job. I hate my boss. I hate my work. I hate my coworkers. Why am I here? It's got to be something better for me. I'm trapped. Maybe God has you exactly the place that you are because he wants you to experience the path and the discomfort to know not the how or the what but the who. God has a path for us to walk and we have to keep our eyes on the path giver. So a life of faith is a life of trust. Wherever your situation is, whatever circumstances you're in right now, don't look back. Don't even look forward. Don't even look to the end. Look to God. He's put you on this path. When God makes a path, you must take it for the path inevitably leads to God. 
God makes this path in Mary and Joseph's life. And so we move to my second point. The path leads into the unknown. Notice in verse 6, And while they were there on this trip to Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Mary and Joseph decide to travel this path. It's about 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They know it's going to be hard. They're young. She's very young. He's young. It's like a couple of young people setting out, leaving their home, no support, going on this journey. And so they get to Bethlehem and it's been a hard road. Them trying to figure things out. Mary being pregnant. No fun traveling, is it? On a donkey or wherever. This poor woman with this pregnant kid and they get there. Whew, we've made it. Now what, God? We've, we're over with the hard. Show us the good. Things should rally, but they don't, do they? Now we need to under, understand something about Middle East culture. David's is from the house and line, excuse me, Joseph is from the house and line of David, which is from Bethlehem. He is from Bethlehem. And in the Middle East, um, taking care of people and showing hospitality is integral to uh, uh, society itself. In fact, every home, uh, ethics basically demanded that you have a place for living and a guest room as well. Imagine two rooms, one for living and the other for guests. Indeed, if you were so poor you couldn't even have a second room, you would have to designate a place for guests to come in your first room. It was unthinkable to turn away people in particular who were from your line. So David, oh gosh, I'm ruining my lines here. I'm trying to be smooth. Let me try again. So Joseph and Mary come. All they had to say, they would have relatives, is I'm Joseph from the line of David. I need a place to stay. And doors would open. It says here that there was no place to stay in the inn. The inn is actually the word katalima in Greek. It's only used three times, by the way, in the New Testament. It's used first in this example. There was no room in the inn. And it's used two other places. In Luke and Matthew, where Jesus says to the disciples, go and find this person and say, where may I prepare my Passover? In your room, in your upper room. See, you either had a guest room that was here on the side or it was on top of your house. See, the inn he's talking about is a guest room. There's not a Motel 6. Didn't work that way. But it's very interesting. There's no room in the upper inn, in the inn. By the way, the word inn is used one time in the uh, New Testament, right? Remember the Good Samaritan? He goes to the inn, the Pandokion, and leaves the person who was hurt there. You see, the inn, a hotel, is a Pandokion. A guest room is a Catalima. And so if there's no room in the inn, what does that mean? It means that everybody has turned away the betrothed pregnant woman and Joseph. Betrothed and pregnant, they don't go together, right? These people, they may even have known in advance. News travels very fast. Have you noticed that? It's not hindered even by geography. So the murmurs are going on. Oh, I see. This is your wife? No, no. She's actually betrothed to me. 
Oh. But you see, hospitality would never ever let them turn their away entirely, right? We don't have any room here, but we do have some room in the stables. Why don't you go there? Message sent, message received. You belong with the animals, not with us. So go and do whatever you have to there. So after all of this hard work, choosing the path, Mary and Joseph come into the unknown. Can you imagine Mary, how she feels? I'm here to meet uh, Joseph's extended relatives. Remember that first time of meeting the relatives of your spouse? What's that going to feel like? And all she feels is this anger and this snickering. Mary had to say, why now? Why is this happening to me? I'm trying to serve you, Lord. I don't want to be here. You ever notice how the journey of Mary and Joseph is exactly like the journey of Jesus? He's called by God to take a journey from heaven to earth. He's rejected by those. He's sent. What's it like growing up for Jesus? Supposedly the bastard child. A man of sorrow, despised and rejected by others. To die a humiliating death on a cross. You know, Jesus knew what was going to happen. But I think he didn't know everything. To be a man, he had to not know some things. The God-man. The endurance became icebound, by the way. They didn't make it all the way. And this adventure became a, a rescue mission. The ship started to crack up. It was in ice. They were trying to free the boat, but after multiple days at negative 15 degrees, they had to abandon it. And after two miles of even trying to start this journey, they realized they could not. And so if they were to return, a party, a rescue party, was going to have to be sent out for an 800-mile journey in an open lifeboat to get to the nearest whaling station. The people were hurting. One of them had a heart attack. Another was unable to walk because his feet had been amputated due to frostbite. Another had gone crazy. I'm sure those people asked the question, what did I sign up for here? This wasn't the path that I thought I was going on, but it was the path that led into the unknown. My friends, the path that we are on is not designed to lead us to safety. The path is designed to lead us to God. So will you trust God in this journey he has you on? Anybody can start the journey, right? It's a lot. It takes faith to persevere. And God has put you on this journey to know him. How close do you think Mary learned to rely on God on this journey? How close when everybody left? You know that you never know that Jesus is all that you need until he's all that you have. I don't know where you are on your path. Maybe your heart's been broken. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you're afraid. But God, like Mary and Joseph, has not forgotten you. He whispers to you in pleasure and he shouts to you in pain. So look. Listen. Complain, if you like. But complain to God. God, where are you? You put me on this journey. I'm in the unknown. But you said that you would be with me. You know, you'll never get lost on the path that God has for you. 
So keep your eyes on the path giver. This brings me to my final point, that the path always leads to God. And there in Bethlehem, in the stable, with no one else, she gave birth to her firstborn son. Her firstborn son was the firstborn son, the only begotten of God the Father. It was interesting, who else was there when they had this child? Shepherds weren't there. Wise men weren't there. No one was there. See, they got to see the one that they had gone on the journey on to see. Because at the end of the journey was the point of the journey. God was not the means to the end. God was the end. And the reality is on the journey, they realized that God was with them all along. Jesus Christ who put them on this journey to the unknown, was with them all the time on his own throne inside Mary's womb. This is God with Israel. I'll be with you wherever you go, whether you pass through the waters or the fire, I will be with you. So do not fear. See, along the way, they realized that Jesus was with them. And at the end, they got to see him. Only them the ones who had been called to take the journey. You know, if you want to see Jesus Christ, you have to say, yes, I'm willing to take the journey. But you'll not only see him at the end, he's with you all of the way. We just have to have eyes to the sea, see and you learn on the journey. How much did Mary and Joseph have? They didn't have anything. How much did Mary and Joseph have? They had everything. They had the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. Shackleton in his book described something. They made the journey and they had a 36-hour walk to make it to this whaling station. And he said during that long and racking march of 36 hours over the unnamed mountains and glaciers of South Georgia, it seemed to me often that there were four and not three that there was this incorporeal being that had come alongside them to take them on the journey. Where do we get the strength to walk the journey? God is with me. He who has called you to walk in the path of God walks with you. He is the beginning, He is the middle, and He is the end. The world is never going to understand this. I don't know where you're on on your particular journey. may have just started off. You may be on the ice pack right now and the ship just splintered. We don't even understand it often. We don't know where we're going, but we know who we're going to. We don't know the path, but we do know the path giver. So endure because endurance leads to glory. Hope leads to fulfillment. And obedience leads to joy. We will never get lost on the path that God has for us to walk. So keep your eyes on the path giver as you walk along the path. Let's pray. Lord, you call us all on a journey. We see it at Mary and Joseph. We see it in the entire Bible. And most of all, we see it with you, Jesus who took the journey to come and rescue us, 
to manifest your glory, to say I will be with you even to the very end of the age. Lord, wherever we're at in the journey, whether we just started on the path and said yes or whether we're in the middle of the unknown, Lord, help us to know that you will not leave us or forsake us, that you've taken us on this journey so we could know that you were with us all along. And in the end, we could see your face and behold your glory. Lord, you are our path giver. You are our path. You are our way and our truth and our life. And so by your grace, we walk. We walk together, but we continue to walk. We pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen.